Hello, and welcome to Put Your Nuts Out There, the podcast bringing you the no BS approach to food and body freedom, giving you actionable tips to build a better mindset and ultimately help you create the life you're truly hungry for with your host, me, Renee Sager. Hello, and welcome back. I am excited to be here, and I think we're going to talk about a topic today that a lot of people will relate to, and that is nighttime eating. This is actually a question that I got off of Instagram. I had announced, when I first announced I was going to be starting a podcast, I asked a few people if they would like to give me some topics, some ideas, some input. And I just want to also reiterate that I, I love that. If you ever have something that you'd really like me to talk about, send it my way. I'm happy to um, give you a shout out on the podcast or just talk about it anonymously. You know, that is kind of how I got the idea to record that episode with my boyfriend in episode two is someone had messaged me saying, you know, I'm not sure how to talk to my partner about this stuff. Like he says really triggering things and I'm not sure how to communicate that with him. So I, that's the most listened to, most downloaded podcast so far. So if you haven't listened to it, you haven't checked it out. I think a lot of people have gotten a lot of value from that and just found it helpful to hear someone that's not in it, their perspective and thoughts on it. And it can be maybe helpful to share with your partner too. So that is episode two, if you want to go check that out. But today, nighttime binge eating. So just let's let's play this tape through. Tell me if maybe you relate to this. You wake up, maybe you're a morning worker outer, maybe you're not. But you get up and you're like, okay, let's go. You have a breakfast, maybe like some egg whites or egg and toast, maybe a power bar, protein bar, and you head out the door. And once you're out the door, once you're at work, it's go time. Like nonstop, you are a busy woman. You got a full life. You got people calling you, pulling you different directions. Maybe you get a lunch, maybe you don't, but you're definitely not really stopping throughout the day, right? You're on a roll. You're like, no, I'm in, a, I'm in my zone. This is what I do. This is how I operate. Let's go. Don't have time for none of that. And so you're going all day. Again, maybe you have lunch, maybe you don't. If you do, it's like a salad, grab and go, or like a hard boiled egg or two. And you finally make it to the end of your day. And you get home and you're like, okay, today was pretty good eating wise. It was busy. It was full. I feel pretty on track. And you sit down and you have dinner, maybe with your husband, maybe just by yourself. You're watching a little TV and you're like, oh, finally. And you just kind of chill and you're just hanging out. And then after dinner, you're scrolling through your phone. You're watching a little Netflix, sitting on the couch. And then it happens. The voice inside of you saying, I think I just need a little something more. I just, what is it? I don't know. Am I bored? I'm not sure, but I think, I, I think I'm hungry. I think I just need a little something more. So you go to the kitchen and you have just a little something, right? Maybe uh, some carrots, some vegetables and hummus, some crackers, just something. And then 20 minutes later, you're back in the kitchen back for more. What is it? I maybe just something a little sweet now. Maybe just maybe if I just have something sweet, it will let my body know that the day is over and we don't need to eat anymore and I'll just be done. And so you have something sweet. And then 
you know, I don't even need to play the tape anymore, do I? You know what happens. It's in and out of the kitchen, back and forth, in and out, sweet, salty, sweet, salty. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? My day was so great. I can't believe I did this again. Am I ever going to get this under control? That's like a paraphrased version of, of the hell that I lived in for a long time and that a lot of people struggle with. And then, so let's say you go through this, you have that episode, you eat the food and you're just thinking like, oh my God, okay, I'm never buying this again. There is like tomorrow back on track, back, back into the scheme of things. You know, I'm going to start the day off good. I'm going to get my greens in. I'm going to have a green drink or whatever. And we're just going to get right back on track. It's no big deal. Fine. Whatever. You beat yourself up the rest of the night, but it's okay because tomorrow we're starting again. And how long have you been doing this? How long have you been in this cycle? Like, I really want you to think about that. How long have you been doing this in some form? Now, I'm going to offer you a couple of solutions and just kind of talk through a little bit about my experience around what I think is really going on. So, Again, the women that I work with that tend to struggle with binge and emotional eating are very much overachievers. Like they don't, they're not lazy. They're not with it. They're not handling shit. They're handling all the shit. If anything, they're getting it all done. And they have this really high expectation of themselves to operate at that level all of the time. And it probably worked for you for a while, maybe up until recently. And now it's not working anymore. You're like, I can't keep doing this. This is like, I'm exhausted. I can't keep doing this. And so you're go, go, go all day long. And then when you finally get home, it's the only time the entire day you've had to relax. It's the only time the entire day your brain has had a second to chill out. It's the only time you've given yourself a a second to take a deep breath. You know, this is what I see constantly is women like, I just, I go, go, go all day long. I don't know what's wrong with me because then when I come home, I finish off the the chips and the Ben and Jerry's and then this and then that and I'm in and out of the fridge and what's wrong with me and you know most all of the time like 98% of the time I ask them are they eating substantial meals during the day almost always a no (laughs) are they taking any time during the day for a lunch break a 10 minute walk around the block break a five minute, just take take a deep breath break, go sit in your car. And it's always no. And it's, it's okay. Like I'm not shaming you. I'm not upset or anything, but I want you to see that that's what's like, that's a big part of what's happening. And we, we go to thinking it's the food, right? We think like, but I'm okay all day long. And then I get home and I'm like, I can't deal with the food. It's the food that I have in my house. So I better just not ever buy these things again. And it's, it's not the food. Like 
you know, wherever you are in your process, there were definitely times and months where I didn't buy certain things because I was like, listen, if I buy that, I'm going to eat the whole damn thing. <laughs> like, there is no question. And I was very uncomfortable with that at the time. So I just chose not to buy it. But if this is something you're experiencing pretty frequently, like the out of control over, quote unquote, overeating, I put those in air quotes because that's kind of like a diet mentality thing. Like what is overeating? Like who decides what too much is? Who decides what overeating is? Like, come on, that's a, that's a different tangent. But, you know, if this is happening to you, ask yourself, are you eating significant, substantial meals during your day. This is the first thing in my free guide on my website that I talk about, the importance of meals. Because we we can't go through the day and not, I mean, we can. Here, here's the thing too. You can go through the day all day and not eat, but you better prepare to eat a lot of food when you get home. You better prepare for your body to kind of rebel and freak out from not having any food all day long. This is something I did for a long time is that, you know, I would push back my meals as late in the day as possible because I felt like once I started, I could not stop. And so every day I would wake up and I would try not to eat until lunchtime, after lunchtime, like literally as late as possible because I turned into a like just monster is what it felt like. Like I could not stop. And, but what was happening is every day that I did that, I just kept my body in that freak out state because I never trusted that I was going to get food again. So of course, like naturally, the second I let myself eat, I was like, oh my God, I better get it all in now because this psycho is going to not eat for the next 18 hours or something. So let's eat everything. And so of course, my body was doing what it should do to keep me alive. It was like, eat as much as possible now because the famine is coming. Like she's been putting us through this feast and famine mode for a long time. So we don't trust her. And that is so true is that you probably don't really trust yourself, right? And you keep repeating this cycle thinking that maybe it's going to be different tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow is going to be the day where I just don't eat a lot in the evening, and you might experience that like a couple days a week or a couple times a month where it's like, oh, yesterday was so perfect. Like my food was just perfect. But then inevitably it comes crashing down in a few days because you just, it, it, you can't starve yourself and expect your body to be cool with it. So if nighttime eating is your thing, if you're finding yourself day after day in the kitchen, in the evening, you know, ravaging the the cupboards and or having to make trips to a fast food place or the grocery store to stock up on things. Like I definitely did that a lot. Ask yourself first and foremost, am I really eating enough during the day? Be honest with yourself because again, if you don't get it in in the first half of the day, you're going to get it in in the second half of the day. The second thing to think about is, am I giving myself any time during the day to take a deep breath? 
And now I can imagine some of you out there are thinking like, I don't have the luxury of doing that. I don't get to do that. I don't get to do that. And I would push back against that a little bit because I think that telling yourself that gives you permission to not. It's like if you really got honest and looked at your day, is there an opportunity for you to take 10 minutes to go for a walk, to plug in a meditation into your phone and do some breathing exercises or a guided meditation? Those are my favorites. And not even 10 minutes, two minutes, you know, just something to kind of bring it back down. Because if you're operating, you know, at an eight, nine out of 10 all day, like what can you do to just kind of bring it back down to a six or a seven? or a four or a five, and just give yourself a a second to get out of that fight or flight mode and just remind yourself that, oh, everything's okay. You know, you've been running on this high, you've been running on this like adrenaline all day and just like, oh, everything's okay. Giving yourself time for a lunch break, giving yourself five minutes of uninterrupted time. Here's the thing about time too. If you don't make time for it, someone else will make time for themselves in your calendar. You know, nobody's going to come up to you and say like, oh my gosh, it looks like you've been working so hard. Why don't you just take 45 minutes and just chill? Nobody's going to do that, especially not in our culture. They're like, you should probably just skip lunch and keep working. You're amazing. You can work all the time and you never get tired. It's wonderful. And and so we're kind of pushing against societal norms here of just work, work, work all the time. The busier are, the busier you are, the better you are, the more value you're providing. And that's just not true. And see what that's doing to you. You know, notice that when I'm not making time for myself during the day, and it's not like I'm saying go take a trip to the spa every afternoon for an hour. It's give yourself 20 minutes to eat a sandwich. Like eat a substantial meal. Give yourself some calories during the day. Give yourself five seconds to just catch your breath and remind yourself where you are. Put it, make it intentional. Put it in your calendar. Because again, if you don't make time, someone will always be there to take it. Someone will always be there to take your time. Now, if you're the person that is like, okay, listen, Renee, (laughs) I'm eating during the day, I am resting during the day, and I'm still binging my face off in the evening. This is where I want to get into resistance a little bit. Resistance is a topic that I want to talk more about on the podcast. I may just do a full episode on resistance, but I haven't got all my thoughts together on it quite yet. But in this situation, when it feels like you're resisting something, I mean, you know, right? It's a fight. It is a fight. Every day you are resisting, you're hanging on or you're barely hanging on and it's hard. It's exhausting. That in my mind is resistance. Whether it's trying to force yourself into eating a certain way or into a job that you don't want to be at or with a relationship you don't want to be in, if it feels like a fight every day, where is the resistance? What are you resisting? Because with the food thing, 
you know, in the evenings and just taking it back to like when I was doing this, it felt so exhausting and it was so painful for me because I was trying so hard not to. I was trying so hard to just keep it under wraps. Like, oh my God, not again today. It was a fight. And I've experienced this in my business, in my relationship, in everything. Where do you just need to throw your hands up and say, I don't want to fight this anymore. I don't want to, you know, it's like a fish swimming upstream, right? Like, oh my gosh, you never get to take a break. You're fighting, fighting, fighting every single day. And so this is where I kind of differ. Well, I differ from a lot from especially typical weight loss coaches because it's all about like resisting. Well, what do I do when I have the urge? Well, you know, there's a a billion different tactics, tactics for resisting it. And what I'm saying is just let it come up. What is it that you're fighting against? Ask yourself that the next time this happens, the next time, you know, the nighttime rolls around and you're starting to get that, that anxiety, your brain starts spinning, your skin starts getting itchy and you're just like, ah, you know, what if you just let yourself eat something? What if you just went into the kitchen without guilt without shame, without thinking you were doing anything wrong, and you just ate, I don't know, like an entire second dinner. I have 100% done that. You know, is it that you're really just freaking hungry? Is that what's going on? But that with that guilt and the shame, I mean, that's creating a ton of resistance because we think we're doing something wrong. People think that all the time with food, like, oh, I shouldn't be, like, what's wrong with me? I'm still hungry. I'm, oh my gosh, I would, I personally would feel that, you know, oh my gosh. I'm, and I've still experienced that with, if I'll go out to dinner with my boyfriend and we'll have like Mexican food or whatever, like something that's really substantial. And I come home and I'm like, I am still hungry. And it's, it's like, I feel weird, right? Because I should be full. I quote unquote, should be full. And that then creates that resistance feeling of, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I shouldn't be feeling this. Something must be wrong. I can't believe this. This is embarrassing. Nobody better know. I better go into the kitchen when he's not here and eat stuff so I can be full and not let him know because that means I'm weak and all that, all that crazy that goes on in your head, right? All that dialogue, What if you just let yourself eat? I hope this is maybe blowing your mind a little bit, that that's an option to you. And notice that so much, like all of this is stemming from being terrified of weight gain, right? I mean, nobody would give a shit about emotional eating if they weren't terrified of weight gain. But the ironic thing is, is we're terrified of gaining weight So then we emotionally eat to avoid those feelings of being scared about gaining weight and then ultimately gain more weight, right? This is the same thing that's happening or could be, you know, if you're someone that is eating all the food, taking rest, like you feel really balanced in your day and yet you still just cannot stop in the evening. 
is this what's going on for you where you think, you know, you're, you feel like you're doing something wrong. You're trying to fight this. First off, like I said, call it what it is. Like, oh, I'm terrified of gaining weight. Like, let's look at the reality of that. And noticing how, you know, you're terrified of, of eating at night. And so you're trying to fight it, trying to fight it, trying to fight it. And then eventually you just end up eating, right? You end up doing what you didn't want to do. And yet you spent the last like hour and a half suffering, trying to fight it. And what I'm suggesting is you eat the food and you decide, was that really good? Was I really hungry? Am I just bored? I don't know. But start to create that trust with yourself that you're not doing anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with eating at night. There's nothing wrong with having a dinner after a dinner. But the second we step into that, the second we feel like, oh no, this is wrong. What do we do? We eat more. It it's just perpetuates the cycle. So give yourself that permission. This goes back to also with the mental restriction that I talked about before. You know, that exact same thing of, oh my God, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. What happens? Inevitably, you do the thing. You know, what if it was okay? What if it was completely fine? And if you're like a lot of people that I work with and myself, you're like, yeah, but I'm going to be 500 pounds in a week if I do this. I haven't seen it yet. I had the same, same fear that if I let myself eat what I want, I will never stop eating. I have yet to see that with my clients or myself. You know, another thing to ask yourself is what's really going on for me? What's really going on for me? You know, you come home and you had a, an okay day, whatever. You ate well. You gave yourself time to chill. You got to work out in. You're feeling really good. What's underneath going to the kitchen? What is it that's feeling so uncomfortable? You know, if you're genuinely hungry, that's something. You know, honor, the, honor your hunger because it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back one way or the other, right? Like, I hope you are starting to see that, that you can't, you can only run from it for so long. Eventually it will come back with a vengeance, you know, and then this underlying part that I get to work with all of my clients on is what is underneath that? What is feeling uncomfortable? What is feeling unmanageable that to quiet your brain to escape a little bit, you need to eat. What is going on in your life that needs to be looked at? What are the feelings that are coming up for you that feel so unbearable that you feel like you need to eat to to get away? What is it? You know, again, is it is it hunger or is it a conversation that you need to have with a coworker? Is it hunger or is it that you're just not happy with your marriage? You know, this is getting into the deeper stuff. You know, I've said this before that it's not about the food. It's not about the bag of potato chips or chocolate or cookies or cake or any of that. 
It's what is going on underneath. And the more we fight it, the harder it gets. The harder it gets until we eventually snap. So looking at your day, looking at your life and really use that nighttime eating as kind of like a compass. Like, hmm, what is this telling me about my life? What is this bringing up for me? What is this showing me? You know, you can also use alcohol. I mean, I'm sober, but I guess there are people out there that can like just have a few glasses of wine a night, a few, because I, that was like, even just having three glasses of wine a night, I was like, wow, you're really controlled. (laughs) But, you know, if you're someone that on a nightly basis has to have two or three glasses of wine or two or three drinks to quote unquote, take the edge off, what is the edge What is the edge you have to take off? Oh, I'm just so busy or my husband or my wife or my kids or my... It's like, well, let's look at that. Let's look at the story you've created about those things and see if we want to start changing those. You know, let's go to the source because the food is telling us, well, that you maybe are just hungry, that you're just bored and you want some cookies, which by all means do it. Like no shame. But the second we feel shame again, it never, the guilt and shame are always optional and never helpful. (laughs) Like they're really not. We think they are. I was actually, uh, I was doing a workshop and it was called Get Shit Done. And Eckhart Tolle says a thing, gosh, I can't, I shouldn't even have brought this up now, but he says, worry pretends to be useful or something like that. And it's so true. This, the, the worry and the guilt pretends to be useful. What is the feeling after that? What is the feeling behind the worry? If you had to erase that, what would be behind it? What are you scared of? What is, what is, what are you bringing? What's the fear that's surfacing? You know, I think that's a lot of with the clients that I get to work with is uncovering that, like especially the not enoughness. A lot of the women that I work with, as I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, are really high achievers. They are goers. They are doers. They are handling things left and right. They are multitaskers to the max. And they are tired. (laughs) What was working is no longer working. And it's a very easy and fast thing to default to food, especially if you have any kind of history with restriction or dieting, like especially if you have a history of restriction and dieting or disordered eating. It's instant. It's calming. It feels good immediately. It's accessible, you know, and, and there's not like, there's nothing wrong with that until we can really get you to the point of seeing I'm not doing anything wrong here. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to eat these Oreos and I'm going to own it. I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to, you know, run in and out and try and listen to my husband's footsteps and make sure that, you know, I'm getting them in while he's out. And just like, even just talking about that brings me so much anxiety because I, I did live like that for so long. I just had these, my senses were so heightened because I was always so anxious you know, if you're going to eat it, own it. 
there is there is no morality with food. If it's 10 p.m. and you want a full steak dinner, go eat it and own it. You're not doing anything wrong. You know, give yourself time during the day to relax. You know, this goes into something deeper that maybe I'll bring up on another podcast, but it's like, well, why do you even in the first place not think you deserve to take time to relax? What is it that you're really worried about? What's really going on underneath all of this? And I also just want to bring up one more time too, because this was something I was so, so scared of for so long is that I felt like if I eased up, if I eased up on myself, if I eased up on my food, if I just like loosened the reins because of being kind of an all, not even kind of, because of being an all or nothing thinker, I would instantly think that like, I would never work out again. I would only eat Oreos and I'd probably lose my job and all my drive. That's not it at all. If anything, it's going to make you better. It's going to make you better because think about how much time and energy you spend eating, emotionally eating, wondering why you're eating, recovering from eating, buying more food, throwing food away, wondering what's wrong with you, like that whole cycle that stress then that you carry with you with yourself throughout the entire next day. So I've given you guys a lot here today. I hope that this was helpful and maybe listen to this again. And just, I gave you several tips that you can actually implement into your life and practice and try, you know, giving yourself time for a lunch break, asking yourself, why you're so ramped up all day. And if you can give yourself 10 minutes during the day to chill, I, that sounds so easy, but I cannot tell you how many women I've made these two suggestions to and it's solved so much. I mean, truly just doing that, just taking a lunch, and giving themselves a 10-minute break to walk around the block, to step away from their office, to disconnect from their phone, has been a huge game changer for them. So just try that. You know, just try that. And then if you do that and you're still struggling, you know, I offered you some more tips. Let's look at what's really going on underneath it. And, And journal about this. I'm not like an avid journal a journaler. I actually just got asked on a podcast yesterday that I was recording with Heidi. She asked me, what's your one non-negotiable? And I was like, dang, I really want to be the kind of person that has like an epic rigid schedule. And I just don't. I just don't. And I think a lot of that comes from having been so structured and so regimented for so long, especially in my early disordered eating days, just like obsessed. I mean, I have, I had tons of scraps of paper with my day, like 15 minute intervals, do, 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 like work out, work out every single morning at this time, do this, 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 eat this calories totaled, all of that, that I feel like I've just really rebelled against all of that. And, you know, you kind of tend to swing from one end of the pendulum to the other. And I feel like I'm kind of finding my balance. But with journaling, I I 
do believe it is beneficial. I don't ask my clients to do things that I think are pointless. <laughs> I tell them all of that in the beginning of our sessions. I'm like, I'm never going to ask you to do something just for fun. Like, no, I really think that it offers you more insight, especially for women that are go, go, go to, to sit down and put pen to paper is forcing them already to do something that they, that you may not want to do. You know, it's starting to, and that's the work. That's the work. You know, if when I brought up, what are you really running from in the evening? If that brought up like a, ooh, oh God, what is it? Journal, write it out, burn it after. It's not like you have to publish it on Instagram, but that's the work. That ugh, feeling of discomfort is a, is a beautiful sign of like, oh, let's look at that. And it doesn't mean anything's wrong there. You know, you don't, like, again, guilt and shame is optional, but it's just, it's like a, a flashlight of, oh, we should probably look at that. Spend some time writing it out, writing what's going on for you. Even if you're eating and writing, you know, that's a huge thing. I think that especially with the nighttime eating, we think we have to do something instead of doing it, making it bad already. You know, and when we, we associate with, oh, I must be doing something bad, we're going to do more of it. You know, give yourself the permission, especially while you're figuring all this out, is like, oh, I'm going to like journal while I'm eating Oreos or a bowl of ice cream. Instead of going instantly into that restriction of like, okay, I'm going to journal because this is going to help me and I'm not going to eat the chips and salsa tonight. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not. Give yourself the permission to eat the damn chips and salsa and journal and then take a bath and then go to bed and it's all okay. It is all okay. This is a process. This is a work in process. You're not crazy, but if you are, I am too and that's perfect. All right. I hope this was helpful and I I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear what your biggest takeaway was. I would love to hear what you're going to practice this week. I would love to know where you're at in in this whole thing. So, if you relate, if you took anything major away, please send me a message on Instagram. I'm at Renee Sager. I recently changed my handle because it just made life easier. So that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. You can also email me at Renee at ReneeSager.com or you can find me on Facebook. I'm pretty active on all the platforms and I love getting messages from you and hearing your thoughts about the podcast or if you have suggestions for what you'd like me to talk about in the future. I am always open to that. So I hope you have a great day and I will catch you next week. I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here and listening and taking time to let me into your little ear holes. It means the world to me. It would also mean the world to me if you would just take a hot little second and subscribe to the show and leave a review. This helps other people who have been where you're at or are currently where you're at find this podcast. And that is the greatest gift you could give to me. Thanks for hanging in there.